Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. When you need milk for Zoe and a cold brew for yourself, Baker's Delivery will get you just what you need in as little as 30 minutes. Open the Baker's app and start your cart. Whatever the cart. Whenever, Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Delivery time's not guaranteed. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save $1 each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. And what's up, what's up? Wes Mitchell here, Chris Clark. It is GC Live. Um, Chris, I was going to play a Muschamp opening statement there from the teleconference yesterday as i sometimes do on the monday show and i saw so many people getting in on the show already i saw the numbers going through and i was like i think everybody's just ready to talk about this game and i think everybody's ready to um have our monday therapy session so yeah i decided on the fly uh, <laughs> I, I am gonna play Muschamp on the quarterbacks later on and, of course, we're going to talk about the game and what happened. But I just had this feeling. I was like, I don't know if people want to hear that right now. So I scratched that. We're going to go right into it. This is GC Live. We are brought to you by Affordable Medical Equipment, AffordableMedicalUSA.com, 803-926-1493, home of the game day chair. Of course, uh, brought to you by Dead Soxie as well. We'll tell you a little bit about both of those later on. But welcome into the show, the Monday edition. There is – no shortage of topics today to talk about from big picture to small picture, from the football game to the football program. But I think, Chris, we have to start big picture with the rumors that we all saw get spread. This is 2020, and I think if you look, man, this time last week, well, yesterday last week, Sunday night, According to the internet, Luke Doty was going to be the starting quarterback at South Carolina against Texas A&M. Well, last night, according to the internet, South Carolina was going to have a coaching change today. Um, it is 2 p.m., 2.02 p.m. right now to be exact. No coaching change at South Carolina. And, Chris, um, as you have reported on Gamecock Central, as you reported yesterday on Gamecock Central, as you – re-reported and added some context today. Um, there will be no coaching change at South Carolina on Monday, nor will there be one this week. But um, obviously, if everybody wants to read the in-depth stuff, you got to go to GamecockCentral.com. Central 60 code will get you 60 days free. You can go read it right now for absolutely free. Type in Central 60, the number 60. But what can you tell us about – what you're hearing right now as far as the status of the program at South Carolina. It is really fascinating how all these rumors start, you know, and we talked about that, you know, sort of privately. And I think we even addressed it on the show recently, just sort of how these, how these things come about. It's really interesting to watch and, and follow it. And there's a lot, you know, behind the scenes going around Wes, you and I have both heard just about anything you can hear, you know, you, you would think um, as far as the rumor mill, but, at some point, you know, you boil it down to the reality of the situation. It's not a good situation. South Carolina sits here at two and four. There's not a lot of good to point to because of the the past three weeks, two games in three weeks, two blowout losses. That doesn't change the fact of where things actually are, and that is that there has not been a decision made to dismiss Will Muschamp. There's not been a decision made to change – course at the program right now could that happen at some point it could um but we just don't know what that looks like yet i would imagine this is a guess 
or an estimate that if South Carolina loses to Ole Miss this weekend, this is going to heat up further. We may have something even more to talk about at that point, but obviously we don't know. The game has not been played. The rest of the season has not been played. We'll just have to see. We've talked about this a bunch of times on the show, man, and in our reporting that the the plan always this year, because Will Muschamp was allowed to make coaching changes, bringing in Mike Bobo, new strength coach, other coaching turnover, that he was going to get this year at a minimum where you go through the season, right? You don't you don't make a change midway through the year um, because of that it, from an administrative standpoint. And so that's sort of where it's still at. Could, could that timeline be accelerated based on the Ole Miss game or some other games in the future? It could. But right now what we know to be fact, not speculation, not rumor, what is fact is that there's not been a decision made. Um, it, there's not been a decision communicated and there's not even been a decision made right now to – change course as of right now yeah and i think um i know you're you're not big on like bragging on yourself chris or anything like that so i'll say it for you i think worth pointing out that you're we're not just saying you're not just saying oh we haven't heard um you know you're not just saying we haven't heard that there's going to be a change you're literally saying right now we've been told there is not a change this week um and I, i think that is an important distinction uh, with with everything that gets floated around out there because let's be honest this day I mean we love you love how interconnected um, we all can be without seeing each other these days it's so easy everybody has their their group text and has their um, you know everybody talks about ball that's what we love about football but it's uh, and about sports in general but it's very very easy for something to just spread around um, and then one person says something, he tells his five buddies, all five of them tell five buddies, all five of them tell five. And then it's, well, I heard this from multiple people. Well, it may be originated from the same initial source. So um, I will say this as I would like to think people who follow our reporting on Gamecock Central, um, at this point I hope we've built up enough uh, reliability within the fan base that I can accurately say, come check us out. If you're not already on there, we're going to steer you through this. Um, we're not going to BS you, but we're not going to just spread a bunch of rumors and pass it on as a fact because we saw it on Twitter either. No matter what happens, we're going to dig in. We're going to be right there with you. And um, we're going to be there if South Carolina gets their tail beat like they did on Saturday. We're going to be there for the ups as well. We're going to be there everywhere in between. Um, Let's get into the game on Saturday. And obviously, this is the Monday therapy session. If anybody has questions, comments, or concerns, put them in the chat. If you're listening after the fact on the podcast, come come hang out with us on YouTube and Facebook during the live show sometime. Most of the time, we're at 2 in the afternoon. So, the game Saturday. The thing is with this game that I think hurt everyone, Chris, again, it's not it's not that South Carolina lost the game. Um, I, I watched my Panthers play on Sunday. They lost as well. But Carolina Panthers outmanned against the defending Super Bowl champions. Come out, compete, have some aggressive um, – Really risky calls, faking, you know, fake a punt. Uh, Our boy Joe Charlton gets to complete a pass. Surprise onside kick. Outstanding game plan, even though you're outmanned. I I think the frustrating thing about this for South Carolina fans is that South Carolina got beat up offensively. They got beat up defensively. And – it was never really in doubt. And I think you can sort of pallet a loss. Don't get me wrong, you get mad. But you're sitting there saying, okay, we competed, we fought a couple of pieces away. The problem right now is the last two games, South Carolina has gotten beat in about every phase of the game. And I think – Again, we we try, Chris. We try if if we see that maybe things aren't as bad as they look, 
Sometimes we get called, you know, called out for doing that. Sometimes you're on the other side of it, whatever. But anybody who watched the game, I think including the coaching staff, I think including fans, administration, anybody who watched the game, there's really no there's no positive spin at all on how that game played out for South Carolina. And that's the frustrating part for fans. Even the fans who have sort of stuck in and, and been positive throughout the ups and downs. There was none. And, and you know, it was it was almost in some ways a mirror image of what we saw against LSU. And, you know, it, I mean, down to several different aspects. One of them was this, you know, sitting there before the half, A&M's got the ball back with, I don't know, a minute and a half, two minutes left. And you're sitting there saying, and it's not good that this is that, that you're in this state of affairs, but still, you know, you're sitting there saying, all right, if South Carolina can somehow hold A&M here, you're going down, probably going to the half, down, having not scored any points, but you're, you're down two scores and you played very poorly. You would honestly feel not good, but you'd say it could be a lot worse. Well, A&M goes and scores, then you're down three scores. And, um, you know, felt the same way at the LSU game. Then you've got the the fact that, you know, I do I do agree. This is just my opinion. Some people may – you know, disagree with me, and that's fine. I do think A&M's a, a very good team. It's the best team that South Carolina's played so far, in my opinion. They, they beat Absolutely. Them head-to-head. They're really good, but they just couldn't do anything. I mean, just overmatched in every facet of the game. They made critical mistakes that they could not make to stay in the game. A shanked punt, the drop, the Jalen Brooks drop, well-designed play, really good route by Jalen Brooks, beat his man. Perfect throw by Colin Hill right off the hands. I mean, that's your that's your best chance, your best play all game. Chance for a touchdown, you miss it. Can't do that. But aside from even that, they just they got whipped up front. The running game, the only consistent thing for South Carolina this season, couldn't run the football, um, couldn't get open. Defensively, another very, very disappointing performance. You know, when you look at what happened against LSU, they moved the ball basically at will. Texas A&M did the same. Made it look easy, and, and so I, I I know that was frustrating for Gamecock fans. And here's the other thing, another sort of kick you while you're down type of thing is what happened with LSU, you know, and losing to Auburn. Auburn comes out, pressures. T.J. Finley ends up 13 for 24, no touchdowns, two interceptions, and Max Johnson plays in the game. And And then you compare that to what South Carolina did, and it's incredibly frustrating for fans. So – I think it was honestly, it was a lot of the same. It was a lot of the same that we've seen. Critical mistakes. Uh, third down defense was was extremely poor, but that goes back to what we saw against LSU. Lots of third and shorts. When South Carolina did get them in a third and longer situation, they were able to make plays. Um, A&M was. And so a lot of the same, honestly. That That's what it boils down to. And we haven't even mentioned yet, Chris, the word bye week. And the fact yeah. that this was coming off a of bye week, you hope to see some improvement. You hope to see, you know, a situation there where um, you're seeing those improvements. And it's kind of like where 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 there's some maybe tiny improvements along the way that probably none of us mention or none of us notice. I guess probably so, especially early on. Um, I thought for a second through the first, you know, drive or two, I was like, okay, maybe the defense is going to be ready to. Um, to show some improvements in this game. But when you have third and short after third and short after third and short, this was clearly one of those games where if you just look at stats, you would see A&M was really, really good on third downs. And you may say – and this is when I, when I talk about – I think we don't talk enough about the symptom versus like the actual ailment. And you may say, well, Carolina needs to have – you know, better third down defense. Well, that's the symptom of not having, of not stopping the run on first and second down because you have a team, and we, I mean, we talked about it, man. It's not like this was a surprise there, you know, as far as the success A&M was able to have. You sort of, if you're a Carolina fan, you're going into it hoping the improvements show off, you know, that they happen. But, I think you look, dude, and when they're able to get that yardage on first down, you have a guy like Kellen Mond who um, 
I really, really think um, has played very well as a senior, has been great in that offense. But you have an accurate guy, and you give him second and third and short with a running game, with the fact he can run the ball if he needs to as well, and some decent receivers and a tight end, and it's it's really hard. And then you throw in the fact that, guess what? Offense is not moving the football as well, and it is an absolute recipe for the disaster that we saw on Saturday. It is, and you know, I think they got they got really dominated at the line of scrimmage once again, both sides of the ball. You know, one thing that I kept going back to during the game uh, from from the outset was just noticing that A and M was getting really good surge off the ball. Their offensive line, A uh, and M's backs did not. I mean, they had a lot of room to operate. You saw they were going, you know, two three yards before first contact, which is always a bad sign. South Carolina had a few run through opportunities. A and M was able to stay patient, get around those, and so. Um, you know, that, that makes it really tough. And and that was the fear going in. You know, that's why we talked about so much that South Carolina was going to have to find a way when we didn't really have the answer as to how. Um, it's not really our job to figure that out. But that, that they were going to have to find a way to, to control the running game, and they didn't. They got into too many of those third and short situations. And, and again, going back to what I said earlier, even when they got into some third and longs, A&M was able to go and make those plays. Uh, no pressure on the quarterback, which A&M's done a good job with that for most of this season. Kellamon hasn't taken a lot of sacks at all, but Carolina couldn't get pressure on the quarterback. When they did get a little bit of pressure, Mond was able to get a pass off, you know, just in time. And then, again, a lot of the same stuff we've seen. Poor field position offensively. Too many third and shorts, second and shorts for the offense. Not getting off the field on third down as a result. Too many back-breaking you know, plays. I, I think of a, I think there was a third and eight, you know, too much cushion. Receiver catches the ball, gets 10 or 12 yards, it's first down. Um, we just – and then on top of that, just the critical mistakes. So we, we continued – really it was a continuation of the things we saw against LSU, and so that's a concerning trend. And as you said, Wes, it's a concerning trend, uh, you know, coming off of bye week. Even if, you know, A&M is a really good opponent, South Carolina just wasn't very competitive. They weren't very competitive in that game. You can maybe look at LSU and say, you know, was it was it a little bit more of an aberration? And really, when you dive into not only the statistics but the eyeball test and how they lost this game, it doesn't look like an aberration. It looks like these are things that they are continuing to really struggle with, and that does not bode well for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, all right. Do we we want to stay. We want to dive in on defense or offense. What do you think, Chris? Whatever, man. We cover all of it, so let's just just pick one and roll with it. All right, we'll, we'll go offense because I see I see Bobo talk in the chat here. Um, I I again have I have no I had no problem with the offensive game plan personally, um, because you know we talked about it on Friday. That's sort of the more I dove into this game, I thought that's what was going to happen. That Carolina was going to try come out and try to establish the passing game. Yep. I think. I think once we saw that the passing game, well, really, not that it even wasn't there, but that South Carolina could not execute the opportunities that it had in the passing game. Um, you know, you look, and we had a question here. Let's see. J-Dub um, said uh, he didn't know what the Jalen Brooks chatter was all about. Well, I think that goes back to the danger of you don't always – and why experience is, is important. You don't always get, especially a guy's first chances, you don't always get the outcome in a game that you get from practice. You know, it's not it's not just like we were hyping Jalen Brooks or one person was hyping – I mean, J.C. Horn may be the best player on the team. He, The first thing he says when he talks to the media um, to start – the preseason and is asked who's caught your eye. He says that Jay, watch out for that Jalen Brooks guy. So there's a reason people are talking about Jalen Brooks in practice. Um, I mean, and he, he actually, he got open. You see the size, you see the speed, you see him beat his man down the field. Does he need to catch that football? I, I mean, absolutely, obviously, but you're, you're talking about human beings and sometimes mistakes are made, but if, 
you have a couple of catches there. I, I think the the plan here was to force A and M to respect your downfield passing game, and then in turn be able to establish the run. Well, what we saw is that South Carolina was really able to do neither. Um, it seemed to me, and I'm I'm still very early in my rewatch, Chris, but it looked a lot of what was happening to the offensive line up front looked kind of similar to last year when South Carolina struggled to run the football. Now, some of this is that you have some really just bonafide stud defensive guys on the front. And what we've seen is when South Carolina can sort of out-athlete, when their offensive linemen are more athletic than their opponent, um, you know, you see them be really good in like that pin and pull stuff that's was a huge part of last year, has remained a part of this year. It seemed like when South Carolina was trying to run these like gap schemes, which, um, you know, is, is when you're sort of pinning a guy and then pulling somebody around or pulling two guys around, that A&M's linemen were so athletic and quick off the ball that they were shooting those gaps to where the Carolina offensive lineman that's supposed to pin this guy out of the way, he's not quite able to get there. So when you have that initial penetration, then that guy then hits your pulling guard um, and completely throws off the entire schematic of the play because you're too, a lot of times Carolina wants to pin a guy inside, then your two guards sort of change the line of scrimmage base. So they change where you're trying to hit this play. And Carolina comes in thinking, A, they've got to establish the, the throw game down the field. B, they didn't feel like they could go right at him. They felt like they had to go sort of around. Well, when that guy time and time again is getting that initial pressure and keeping your pulling guard from getting to his point of attack, then not only does it create a non-positive play, you start to have negative plays, which this offense cannot really have and operate. So I I still – I can't in good conscience say this was a Mike Bobo issue in this game. I think it was more – this was kind of the offense we all – if you were concerned about Carolina's offense coming into the year and then you saw a lot more positives than you suspected for, what, four games? Maybe even five to an extent. This was sort of the offense you were worried Carolina has all preseason, I think. Yeah, exactly. It was. And, you know, again, A&M took away the one thing that South Carolina has been able to do this year, and that's run the football effectively. And once that happened, it, it was, you know, you're in a lot of trouble. Kevin Harris just he didn't have anywhere to run. I mean, most of the time he gets the football and immediately met by someone in the backfield. They tried. You know, they were concerned going into this game about trying to move Texas A&M on the interior, so that's why they went to some more perimeter runs. Those didn't work. So they were going to have to make some hay in the passing game. I do think, and you nailed it on on Friday, Wes, during the show from Angry Fish, talking about the strategy of coming out trying to throw the football, and that was in the game plan. Had South Carolina hit some of those balls, maybe it it doesn't change the complexion defensively for South Carolina except for field position, which – which could have certainly played some type of role. I still think A&M wins the football game either way. Um, I thought this was going to be a, a two-touchdown game or so. It turned out to be a blowout. Um, but you've got to hit some of those plays. Um, for field position, for scoring opportunities, which we saw in the Jalen Brooks miss, uh, the drop, and then, you know, you, you've just – then you're able to open up the run game, and they had none of those. So um, they had some opportunities, you know, Will Muschamp even talked about this. You know, offensively and defensively, you didn't see a lot of surprises for A&M. You knew how they were going to administer the offense. New defensively, they're going to dare you to run the football or they're going to dare you to pass the football. They're going to load the box, play man coverage, mm-hmm. say come on and beat us, and South Carolina couldn't. And so the issue with receivers, the issue with quarterback play, the worry about not being able to run the ball effectively, all those things sort of – you know, met on Saturday night, and it it painted a very ugly picture at the end. It, it did, it did, and all, all these things again—they're all married together. They all work hand in hand. Um, 
when when one of them's going well, that generally helps you to do other things well. Just like a, a defense that's getting your offense right back on the field, um, you know, gives your offense more chances. An offense that's able to stay on the field and make some first downs, you know, keeps your defense well rested. Um, so I see, I mean, and I, I see all your comments, and I get it. I know the frustration level is there, and it is definitely warranted. Um, Kimberly says our D-line is either weak or plays weak. I can't put my finger on it. The offense plays too tight. Looks like they're playing not to make a mistake versus playing to make plays. Um, Rush says uh, execution was lacking. The plays were there. Um, SC scout guy says this team needs to find a Dion LaCorn somewhere on the roster. And, I mean, I, I, I mean to his point, and I think his point is that you don't even need necessarily – an Alshon Jeffrey or a Sydney Wright, you know, they're just, they need a guy who can consistently just be a possession receiver and catch the football, you know, I, I think, and help take a little pressure off of the running game and off of, um, off of Shy Smith, obviously. So, but there, there are issues right now. The, the scary part for South Carolina and for South Carolina fans is that, it's not a short list of issues and you can clean, you can fix. It's kind of like the whole idea of if a, if a boat is taking on water and you're like, you fix one area, you plug one hole, but you still have this hole over here. You still have this issue over there. They, um, you know, they, they tried to do some things defensively. They put uh, they put Keir Thomas in at, at defensive end um, which was a move we've seen in the past where you're sort of trying to get a little bit bigger, a little more bulk on the defensive front. But that obviously didn't didn't help enough. And this is an A&M offense that, that did was very efficient. They did they threw the ball well, they protected mine, which we expected, and they have a good back. They ran the football well as far as the offensive line play up front. So they they did everything. And I, I think the AM team that barely hung on and barely beat Vanderbilt, they're stuck back at the beginning of the season. This is a an AM team that is getting better and better and better as the year goes on. The problem for South Carolina right now is that you're not seeing those same signs of progress with this team. And yes, they you know they've had some injuries here or there, but it's not I think last year we were sort of like, well, dang, they're just decimated. So there were some, I don't even want to say excuses, there were some reasons down the stretch last year. I think the disappointing thing for South Carolina fans right now is that you don't really have that built-in injury deal, but it's sort of happening anyway. And if if you lose by seven at home and you play well, everybody's going to be mad, but they're also going to be a little more forgiving. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the issue. People are looking for signs of progress, which is the word you used, or signs of hope. Right now, they don't have either of those. Um, because what they've seen is a season that began with a loss to a Tennessee team that we we have the benefit of some hindsight now to know that they're not very good. You know, that's probably the one that stings even the most. Now, people could correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe 100 points or so in the past two weeks – you know, maybe that hurts people the most, but that was a really hard one to swallow, especially now when you look and see that Tennessee's not all that good. And so as the seasons goes on, has gone on rather, um, you know, you lose to an LSU team in blowout fashion who's also doesn't look very good right now. You do get the win over Auburn. You beat Vandy, who stinks. And now they look and all you see, your, your two most recent games are both blowouts. And even if one is to a really good team, no, nobody wants to hear about that. I mean, people just want to compete. They were non-competitive, basically, against Texas A&M, call it like it is. Um, so now you look forward, well, can things get better? Well, now you're going to play Ole Miss and Oxford. Their defense sort of stinks. But if you go down there and you turn the ball over once or twice, um, if you sputter out, they can put up a bunch of points on you. Ole Miss is legit offensively. And for a defense that hasn't been able to stop anybody the past two weeks, that's a huge concern. Um, Missouri's not going to be easy. Can, can you score on Kentucky? Georgia will be way more talented. So 
people are looking and they're trying to search for wins and you don't really, you haven't seen anything the last two games that inspires a lot of confidence to find wins. The other thing is, you go, okay, well, what about the recruiting class? And you got Gunnar Stockton in 2022, but in 21, people look at it and they're going to look at ranking and they're going to see South Carolina around 40 or so. And they're going to see that there's not a lot of star power in the class. And so all these things are just sort of adding up. Then you pile that on top of four and eight last year, the ending of 2018, and all this has just sort of come to roost, you know, in in a way that has a lot of people very unhappy and and rightfully so. And and that's why I think people are so discouraged right now. Yep. uh, Let's go. I I love – the Facebook comments, man, because yeah. people are so hit and run on Facebook. Um, one, one of Craig made me chuckle, you know, thanks, we suck. But Jimmy has won the award so far today. Jimmy says, please shut up. Outstanding, Jimmy. <laughs> Good job. Good stuff. Thanks for stopping I don't by. <laughs> any more of your stupid analysis. Jimmy is our um, caller of the day, our chat of the day. Um, <laughs> this is like the uh, what is what uh, late night show is it? The mean tweets. Yeah. Um, I I don't know which guy does that, but um, he just wants to. I get it, Jimmy. Everybody's frustrated. It's cool. You want to take it out on us, man? That's fine. I'm imagining you're not on here anymore. That that has all the makings of a hit and run, but <laughs> still, uh, still made me laugh. So, um, okay, quarterback position. Obviously. Um, obviously a situation that is always going to be talked about. And I, I do think, man, it, it's kind of one of those things where, and if, if you say, if what, what I'm about to say, people are going to be like, well, that's stupid. Just like Jimmy just said. Um, but I don't think it's like as black and white as, um, just saying quarterback play has been bad because the I, st- I still don't think that's like the top number one issue at all, personally. But Muschamp used the word that I was going to use on the show when I was thinking about today's show yesterday, and then he used it anyway yesterday. You got You have to try to find some type of spark. And right now, obviously, you're limited. A lot of the positions you've already you're already sort of playing the guys that you have. Quarterback is a position that you can sort of. If one guy comes in and has a little bit of success, I I do believe it can rub off on on the rest of the team. Now you have to be careful with that. You don't want to switch a quarterback just to switch a quarterback and have your team lose confidence in that guy, which is why I think coaches are so hesitant to make that move. But we all saw the offense didn't play well Saturday. You Now that you've said, Chris, you've said it's open. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I don't think there's a lot of damage in trying something just to try something. So um, tell you what, I'm, I'm going to play – I know I said I was not going to play Muschamp's opening statement, but I am going to play Muschamp talking about the quarterbacks because he talked um, about the decision and he talked a bit. You're going to hear a question where he's talking about Luke, and then you're going to hear him talk about Ryan as well. So this was on Sunday's teleconference last night, um, sort of the approach right now on the quarterback position. Yeah, well, we talked with all the quarterbacks today, and uh, all three of those guys are going to have an opportunity to, to play this weekend. Uh, whoever practices the best and more, most productive person is going to help us win football games. We'll have that opportunity. I was about to say, I mean, was the conversation with Colin, you know, kind of it's up for grabs, or was it kind of addressed to them as a group about the situation this week? As a group and individually. In terms of the decision to kind of open up that quarterback spot, was there any, I guess, breaking point facet or, or something you kind of saw that made you say this has got to be something, a decision we sort of got to make? Well, we need a spark, you know, the bottom line, and, and, and that position is so critical. Uh, but we need a spark. We need to, to, to change some things up and look at what we need, you know, what, what we're carrying into each game. And, and uh, you know, we, you know, those are the things we've got to find a spark somewhere. And uh, that's, that's a position we certainly can 
uh, changing things up and, and provide a spark for our team. And we'll see how a Tuesday practice and a Wednesday practice and a Thursday practice and a Friday walkthrough go and probably a Saturday walkthrough at the at the hotel and uh, and go from there. Well, Dave, again, uh, following up on that, I mean, Ole Miss has had their defensive problems this year. How confident are you that you'll be able to find an answer to attack that Rebel defense to be able to get some points on the board? Well, we need to, and, and we need to worry about us right now. I mean, you know, we need to take care of us and what we need to do to be successful, and that's number one, finding the, the best guy at that position that can help us or the best two guys at that position that can help us or, who shoot, the best three guys at that position that can help us. We need to do something to be more productive than we were last night. Well, this is Josh. Have you noticed um, or even communicated directly with Luke about his comfort level as his snaps in the in-game snaps slowly build? I'm sorry. Slowly build. What do you, what do you mean? He's, he's just gotten. He had a few. He's gotten more and more. He's gotten. You know. He's getting kind of one or two more. Oh. It feels like every week. Do you feel like he's seeing things better? He's understanding things better. He's, have you noticed yeah. a difference? Uh, sure, sure. I mean, I think you you build that confidence, especially with a young player in practice, and uh, you know he's continued to uh, build our confidence in him and executing what we we're asking him to do uh, week in, week out, day to day. You know, throughout practice week. So yeah, I think he's he's continued to uh, improve. Well, I think that Mike's really challenged Ryan some things fundamentally that that uh, we felt like he needed to improve on, and he has improved tremendously on those uh, things. And then I think mastering the offense and understand that Mike puts a lot on the quarterback at the line of scrimmage and the run game and the protections and being able to change things at the line of scrimmage and what they see and whatever the defense presents itself. So uh, I think that he's grown in all of those areas. Again, that uh, Will Muschamp last night talking about the quarterback situation. Uh, Chris, your thoughts? Well, I'm I'm totally with you. I mean, um, I, I actually agree with you that, and I'm not saying it's not an issue, but when I look at this football team, the actual quarterback position and play there is still not number one on the football team. You know, I think mine would be something like defense, lack of skill position players who can go catch the football. Those are probably above. Has quarterback play been good enough the past two weeks, especially on Saturday? I do not believe it has been. And so it's okay to say there was a point in the season where Colin Hill was the best guy in terms of giving them the best chance to win or use the best option. It's okay for it to come to a point where you say now it's not. Um, It can change. It's not always the same necessarily. And so – I'm totally with you. I mean, I've, I've thought, you know, we saw Luke Doty play some. I don't anticipate – I mean, it could change. I wouldn't anticipate sitting right here on this Monday at 2.30 that Luke Doty is going to get everything and be the guy. But could he see his role continue to increase? Yes. And I do think having another guy out there to provide some type of spark, something different, makes a lot of sense. Defensively, you can't really do that, right? I mean, on defense – you don't have a guy that's touching the ball every play, that's distributing the football, that's out there throwing it. Defensively, you can make some personnel changes here and there. Um, you can try to schematically alter some things, whatever it may be. Um, but you're you're somewhat limited. With, with changing quarterbacks, it's a bit of a different dynamic. And so that is one thing you can do to try to create a spark. So at this point, it's probably a good idea. I mean, South Carolina doesn't have a lot to lose there. They haven't been very good offensively. I don't think changing quarterbacks is going to make them super productive offensively because they've still got the same issues. They're going to have to lean on running the ball. They're still going to have question marks at receiver. Um, But is it something that should be done? Probably so. Yeah, and I think, man, again, you you get to a point where you have to try something just just to try something different. If you have an option there to try something different, then by all means – you know, give it a shot and, and see what happens. I, I don't know – somebody mentioned that there was a spark when, when Helensky entered the game. Well, I, I think some of that, the fa- the fans were sort of clamoring for something. There was a spark inside the stadium maybe because everybody wanted to see something different. And But, I, I mean, I sat there. I was like, watch, the offense is probably going to move the football here because it's so late that A&M is starting to sort of – put in their backups. They're starting to back off. It's just different. Um, yeah. We'll see. I mean, my my complete guess, y'all, and I don't want to be like I'm reporting it or anything, my guess is that at the end of the week, 
Ryan Helensky probably gets his chance to start this game. That, that's my guess. That's more reading the tea leaves, reading between the lines based on what I've heard. They're going to let all the guys fight it out this week. They'll get equal reps. I think that makes the most sense. I also think, you know, maybe you give Luke Doty a drive as opposed to just plays. Like give him a drive to actually go out there and uh, go go make some plays. So I, I don't know. We'll find out on Saturday. But I also, I mean, here's the thing. if no matter what happens at that position, Chris, we can also sit here on Monday and say the the offense is going to look better on Saturday. I can almost guarantee that because regardless of what happens, they're going to be playing a very bad defense, and it will be a defense that South Carolina will be able to go back and run the football on. So we, we've seen when, when Carolina can run the football, their offense at least has a chance. Mm-hmm. And that's what opens up everything else for them. So I I think we can sit here, regardless of who plays quarterback Saturday, the offense will look better because it is a way better matchup than this past week was for this offense. So, who you know, I can very easily see a situation where Ryan Helensky starts and everybody immediately says, uh, you know, offense is, is fixed. But really, it what, what you do on one side of the ball – is most of the time predicated by who's across that line of scrimmage from you. So I don't know if we necessarily find out a whole lot, even if the offense does come out and look better this week. Yeah, and it, it'll be a similar situation to after the Vanderbilt game, right? I mean, we, you know, South Carolina didn't give up a bunch of points defensively, and they obviously had a lot of issues after that with teams moving the football and then giving up points, especially the past two games. And same thing offensively. South kind of put up points offensively. The fact that you hit 41 against Vanderbilt does not mean that your problems are, are solved offensively. We caution people about that. We've seen that. And so, look, it would be fantastic no matter the opponents. If South Carolina can go out and have a solid performance offensively, put up some points, move the football, take care of the ball, that'll be a positive no matter who it's against. But you're exactly right. If they can go – I mean, if they have – if they can play well enough, it's a question in my mind to go put up, I don't know, 30 points or so against Ole Miss. No matter who the quarterback is or how the offense is structured, it's not going to be, okay, everything's fixed. Ole Miss, like you said, Wes, has been very poor. But that's the starting point. They have to go out and play well against somebody. Whoever's on the schedule, go go out and play well against them. And what we know is, I mean, Ryan Holinsky, if he ends up being the guy, we'll probably know more this week. I'm on the same line of thinking as you in terms of maybe some of the tea leaves looking in that direction. He's got a quick release. He can get the ball out quickly. He can make the throws. It's a big guy. Um, maybe he can provide that spark. You know, we just, we're just going to have to see. And it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, how, if that's the move, we'll, we'll break that down more later, but how they administer the offense and, and how he plays. Wes, did you see, I wanted to make sure we hit on this. Um, this is totally unrelated. Then we could get back to it. Texas A&M has paused football activities today as a result of um, Jimbo Fisher says they have a couple of positives from Sunday testing after the game on Saturday. So potentially something to watch there. He says a couple cases, they got to do contact tracing. So they're putting things on hold a little bit. So we will have to see if there's any South Carolina, you know, carryover related to that. Yeah, and I, if I remember correctly, um, after a game earlier this year, that was Vandy, right, where South Carolina had played a team, and yep. then they'll the, the protocol is basically that South Carolina will then find out, um, hey, we did this contact tracing. Here are the guys you need to sort of be on the lookout for. Here are the guy, you know, or or everybody's safe, and it, it just depends on who who the positives are basically, yep. and they'll get that information to South Carolina. Um, let's see. Let, let's go through a few of the comments. Craig asked if we will have an Ole Miss beat writer on this week. That um, We have not locked that in, but I have complete confidence we'll be able to get one of those guys on. That will be the plan pretty much every week. So, yes, we will do that. Um, <laughs> Beckham, who uh, came out and joined us there at Angry Fish on Friday, uh, said outside of a shutout, the offense can't look any worse. That is literally true. Um, we don't score a touchdown. I guess you can't get much lower. And 
Yes, some other comments. LSU did have struggles on defense. That is true. Um, This was in reaction to my comment that the offense will look much better. But the the way the offense struggled against A&M looked much different than the struggles against LSU. Against LSU, yes, there wasn't this big point total, but you're moving the football, you're making big plays, there's an opportunity for a lot of big plays. You're blocking them up front. Um, plus, Ole Miss, just from a pure talent standpoint, even with LSU's defensive struggles, they still have way more athletic ability on that side of the ball than Ole Miss does at this point. So I don't really think what Carolina did against LSU um, is comparable to, to Ole Miss because I, I think if, if South Carolina plays Ole Miss a bunch of times – excuse me, plays LSU a bunch of times over, then they probably score some points on the, on that defense. There were opportunities there. And they just ha- they made mistakes, I, I think. But you will have more big plays against Ole Miss. You'll have a chance to move the football. Now, do you complete those drives? Who, who knows? We'll find out. But I, I think it'll just look much different. I mean, A&M, it looked – frankly, it looked like last year against A&M when the offense just could not get – anything at all going um some comments in the chat about Zaquandre White um I do I do think he's still a guy not to forget about um talented kid has some wiggle um I think the injury slowed him down early on down the stretch do we see some more Zaquandre White I do think um there's a chance that we see White maybe even as soon as this week but certainly at some point in the last four games I think there's a great chance you see 11 out there He's working hard. He's had a good couple of weeks of practice, and um, he's really busted his tail on special teams. And like we've talked about before, Zaquandre White has um, been a great teammate on the sideline as far as pumping up his teammates and, and being there for those guys. So um, I, I do think there's a good chance you see a little bit more of 11 down the stretch of this season. Chris, before we forget about it, you want to tell everybody about the game day chair? Yeah, let's tell them about the game day chair, and then let's tell them about Dead Soxie uh, while we're at it, if you want to. So the game day chair is our primary sponsor here on Gamecock Central Live. Uh, if you're on YouTube up at the top, you'll see a picture of it. Phone number 803-926-1493. Give those guys a call. Ask them about the game day chair or go to affordablemedicalusa.com. And in the search bar, you can type in the Maxi Comfort Cloud with Twilight, uh, a variety of positions, TV watching, lounge position, the Twilight Zero Gravity Lay Flat Position, super comfortable chair that can enhance your sports watching experience, Netflix, whatever you got going on. Great for your man cave, your living room. Check those guys out. Make sure you support them. And also make sure you support Dead Soxie. Wes, I think we've got the link on our GamecockCentral.com on the GC Live module to get $10 off of Dead Soxie when you go to DeadSoxie.com. But follow that link. You'll get a coupon. All you do is enter your email. You get $10 off Dead Soxie. Awesome uh, socks, men's and women's. Uh, No-show ankle socks. They've also got the boardroom dress sock line. Um, And they're coming out. Wes and I have gotten a sneak peek with some really cool things that are a little bit geared more towards Gamecock fans that we're hoping to have in the next few weeks. But for now, check those guys out at Dead Soxie. Um, I I don't don't know why. I just had – me on the screen while Chris was talking. That was completely my my fault. I was looking good. elsewhere, but y'all got to see me nodding my head to Chris talking about um, those different things. But um, all right, so close to closing it out here. Let's see. I I completely lost my train of thought. Um, fa- all right, so fa- I saw some Facebook comments. No, Will Muschamp has not been fired. If you missed the beginning of the show, go back watch the beginning. Ideally, YouTube.com slash Gamecock Central. Go check it out. We talked a ton about that already. So go back and look. If if that had happened, you would know. It wouldn't be on the Facebook group, um, you know, wherever people read this stuff. You would know it would be reported from actual media people, whether it be us or someone else. I'm not saying, oh, we'll be first or whatever, but somebody will have reported it that is more tied in than – Gamecocks forever, the Facebook group. So uh, we will see what happens there. We'll keep you apprised. But all right, we've talked quarterbacks, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else there. 
that we have not hit. I think we've hit a, a lot of it. But moving forward, if you're South Carolina, um, the question that was just popped up is, is where where do you go from here? You know, what do you do? And if you're in that building, you're I don't care if you don't look at Twitter, you don't look at other stuff. You you hear all this stuff. You you know what's out there. You know it's there. So how do you move forward? I think you kind of have to batten up the hatches, look internally, and try to find some whatever your motivation is, whether you're a player, a coach, whoever along the way. You you sort of gotta find something to rally around. And, and that's really a it's not a concrete concept. But that's what you have to find a way to do. Yeah, I mean, with the way things have gone, especially lately, you know, the, the past two games can really change the outlook in a variety of ways, and that includes on this team. And, and these are you used the the term earlier, Wes, talking about just on field play. These are humans, and that spills over, you know, to <laughs> that spills over to how you know, they're going to approach things. And so right now you don't have that result to point to, you know, you, you're too, you're sitting here at a record that you don't want to have. Um, you've won two games and the past two weeks have been blowouts. The past two games rather have been blowouts. So that becomes tough. How, how do you, how do you prevent apathy from setting in? And, What's worse, what if you lose again this weekend? I guess we'll be talking about that the following Monday if that happens, and we'll have to go ahead and address that. So, you know, talking to a lot of people around the program, we've been posing those same questions, Wes. What's going on? What's the mood? Where do you go from here? And a lot of it is you just got to go out and play. You know, the the coaches on this team are still going to do their jobs, and regardless of, you know, how people think they're doing them, fans and media and all that can talk about that, but – you, you don't really change that approach aside from, you know, maybe philosophically, schematically, whatever, but you still got to go out and coach. The players got to go out and play. But how do you build confidence? You know, after Vandy, maybe you build some confidence. After Auburn, certainly that was a potential confidence-building win, but now the win's been sort of taken out of your out of your sails. And so it becomes really tough, you know, from a motivation standpoint to not let apathy set in. And I think I think that is a concern going forward. Yep, Daniel, another good thought as always. He says you have to look like you're competitive in these games, and that's exactly what's not happening. And, you know, that's something I, I said on uh, J.B. Goldwater show earlier today, Chris. You know, I, they asked me several different ways about sort of uh, the future of the program and you know, how the administration feels and stuff like this. I mean, I, I think it's safe to say the way things were coming into this year, they – the administration wants for Will Muschamp to succeed. They want him to be the guy. They want for the staff to put it all together. Um, but you do – you got to – you have to show progress these final four games. Yeah. And right now, um, the, the fans who, who are upset, the fans who are sort of have – I mean, you used the word apathy earlier in talking about, uh, you know, the team and not letting that set in. But there is a certain part of the fan base that has let apathy set in. And you you never want that, man. You really yeah. never want that. Because the thing about this program is that it's always had a fan base that cares, you know, that cares about the outcome. Now, I've I've never agreed with booing. I know some some people, and I'm not like sitting on the high horse or anything like that. I know some people agree with booing, some people don't. I've never thought with college kids, and whether you say you're booing the coaches or whatever, um, the kids still hear it. They don't know who you're directing them towards. So I've never really agreed with booing college kids. Um, I think a lot of people are booing quarterback play on Saturday. I have not ever really agreed with that at all, but – you know, the, the thing you don't want is a fan base that has gotten to the point that they just don't care and they just don't want to go. Um, Beckham asked me what I, what I thought about the atmosphere on Saturday and how weird it was. It, it was very strange. I, I've i watched the first two home games. One of them um, 
I was out of town for Kyle and Taylor's wedding. The other one uh, had something else going on, watched both games on TV. That was my first time this year in the stadium. It was very weird, Chris. It was weird not having any traffic. It was weird um, having everybody spread out. And, but it did, it still felt like, it felt like South Carolina was going to need for something good to happen early on in this game in order for the crowd to get into it. And you can still have a pretty loud crowd with a less than full capacity stadium. But Carolina needed, they needed to hit that deep ball early on, give the fans a reason to cheer about and, and let everybody get into the game. The problem with this game is it was just, it was very, very businesslike from an AM standpoint and from a South Carolina standpoint. It felt like AM just came in, did exactly what they wanted to do, got their win, and then they hopped on the plane and went home. <laughs> you know, it, it, there wasn't really much. Um, they didn't have to sweat, much like LSU the the week before, and that's uh, that's not something you ever want if you're a fan of a team. Well, and it didn't look like you know the appearance was that they didn't get a lot of resistance, you know, especially defensively from South Carolina. Now, I I didn't ever look around during the game and say South Carolina is just not trying. I didn't see that, but they they got whipped up front, they got out of position. I think A and M out schemed them. I think A&M executed better. Um, they're superior at certain positions, whether it be offensive line, quarterback. I think they just did a really good job with it. You know, we've gone into all the things about running the football and, you know, got, not getting off the field for South Carolina on third down. But you're right. I mean, I, several times I just remarked during in the course of watching the game, like it was just easy. It just looked easy for A&M. Um, you know, their receivers just got open consistently. They had plays drawn up in certain situations that worked, you know, they were able to run the ball very effectively. So you're right. It was a pretty businesslike thing for him. I mean, I was even watching Kellen Mond during the game and he was just sort of never got too awful fired up, you know, just sort of like they expected to do that. And, uh, and I guess they should have, cause they, they took care of business uh, fairly easily on Saturday. Yes, they, they did. So, all right, that's, that's going to about do it for Monday's show. Again, if you want to read what we got on GamecockCentral.com, use code CENTRAL60. I know a lot of you have already signed up with our previous deal and um, really love that we've been able to do the show and, and meet some of you now on here. Uh, hey, we got to meet Zach in person. Um, Zach, I, hopefully you're out there watching, man. Shout out to Zach. who came out and saw us on Friday at Angry um, uh, Fish and just had, had a good time out there. Some Somebody actually – uh, messaged on here earlier in the chat and said, um, Wes, I think I saw you walking into the game. Were you with a girl that looked taller than you? So <laughs> that uh, that was probably me. Um, so if, if I ever see y'all out, uh, come say what's up. The podcast, because of y'all, has been awesome. Because, Chris, dude, I get, I get mentioned, or the podcast gets mentioned, hey, man, love the pod, or hey, saw the pod way more than um, the site gets mentioned right now, I feel like. So I don't know if it's just the fact that it's interactive or people actually get to see us as opposed to text on the site, but the support has been awesome. So we appreciate it. Again, like I said, we're going to get you through this. Everybody will get through this together. We'll continue to track down what's actually going on so you don't have to rely on your, your Twitter rumors to know what's going on. And uh, we'll keep having the pod, and we'll obviously keep uh, reporting there on uh, on Gamecock Central. So thanks for everybody that's hopped on. Chris, any closing thoughts, man, or you good? No, I'm good. Appreciate everybody interacting. Lots of people on here today. Obviously a lot to talk about, a lot to go through. So like Wes said, I'll just echo that. Um, we're we're going to – we'll keep going through it, good, bad. We'll report on it. We'll tell you what we think. We'll tell you what we know, you know. And so um, – we're going to keep doing that, and I imagine there's going to be a, a lot that happens this week, and we'll see where, where things go from here. Yeah, and hopefully uh, this was a good Monday therapy session. If it has to spread till Tuesday, we will do that. But then, of course, uh, Tuesday and on, we'll be talking about Ole Miss and sort of everything you need to know going into this game. So for Chris, I'm Wes. Uh, we'll see you guys and girls tomorrow. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. 
So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.